This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on FUBAR Radio. Uh, this maniac's in love with you. This maniac's in love with you. Uh, we're here. Uh, <laughs> interrupt here. We had to interrupt our conversation I'm to not, do a radio show. I'm not in my... Not in my See, there we go. <laughs> That's what I had a problem with. Ah, right. So uh, you're listening to Five Star Fan Club with me, uh, Nick Helm, and my co-host <laughs> Nathaniel Metcalf. Co-host means that we're both hosts. I think so. It's like co-pilot, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. Well, no, because a co-pilot does fuck all, right? Does he? Well, that's yeah. like me. Yeah, he sits. <laughs> <laughs> well, this maniac's in love with you. Um, <coughs> whoa, uh, bed of nails? Have we had bed of nails? Fucking bed of nails. Yeah, mama thinks I'm filthy. All right. <laughs> um, that's from bed of nails. Bed of nails. Have we played bed of nails? Have, okay, can you just look up anything from the album Trash that I haven't played? And not poison. And not trash either. That is trash. <laughs> Um, uh, hell is living without you. Hell is hell is living without you. This is the show, guys. Strap in. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me listing, normally, <laughs> listing songs. Normally, this happens before the show. It normally does. I haven't played Hell is Living Without You. Well, really, seventh of June. So, uh, just um, hey, Natalie, why not try producing? Um, so, um, uh, any other any other song off of the album Trash? Ah, uh, God, sorry, guys, uh, this really should have happened off air. Um, so <laughs> Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. It's Friday, <laughs> and you're listening to Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's Five uh, Star Fan Club. So I don't think a fucking co-pilot does fuck all, mate. What does a co-pilot do? Yeah, he just, I don't know, sits next to the pilot and says, you're doing a good job, mate. That's me. No. <laughs> no, mate, we are equal. We're, well, we're both co-pilots, then. If we put cash into this, it would be fucking, yeah, I'm your co-pilot. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice, see? Yeah, see, we're buddies. Both co-pilots. But it's, maybe um, the plane is in danger. <laughs> Fucking hell, the, the plane <laughs> has crashed into the side of the mountain. But mate. we're both co-pilots. <laughs> but we're both to blame, really. We are... Uh, we, we, <laughs> no one's flying the plane. <laughs> well, you can't. The, the wings have come off, the fucking engine's dropped out. Fucking hell. Um, There's gremlins on them, on the wings. Gremlins. Uh, William Shatner's He's there. He's shouting at us. Or John Lithgow, depending sure. on uh, yeah. who your uh, man in the plane is. <laughs> right, Ian, and tell us who your man on the plane is, guys. Uh, who's better or worse? Is it <laughs> William Shatner or is it oh, John Lithgow? They're very high cards, they? are they? high cards. I'll tell you what, I listened to Has Been again this week. Oh, yeah. Fuck me, that's a good album. The yeah, only thing true. that can make that better is if John Lithgow, John Lithgow was on it. Yeah, it has been. What an album. That is the album that got me into... <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I studied John Donne, William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. The metaphysical poet John Donne. There were others. Yeah, that's what I did. And the I one think you did got, the same English the, literature the, course the, as me. The, the one that got me into poetry was William Shatner. <laughs> was it? Yeah, that fucking has been album is incredible. 
uh, and then I listened to that and then I wanted to start doing uh, shows that were kind of like oh it'll be like a William Shatner show uh, and I, I tried and it turned out to be much much better uh, so thank you William Shatner for one of the worst handshakes I've ever had um, I just gave me, I, met, I met him I met him and uh, I've told the story on some other things but I met him and um what was it was it like a, a convention it was this incredible thing they the there's this uh so my ex-girlfriend's parents put up this kind of um uh uh not a debate society but the, it basically it was like a the, they'd get like guest speakers and then you'd go and see them and they lived in new york and i was in new york visiting them and uh they had this uh, William Shatner event where he was doing this talk and it was like you imagine it it was, it was this big thing but it wasn't it was like in front of like 20 people right yeah and I we think were, all, we're all packed in and there was this guy that was talking was this guy that was doing the interview and he knew nothing of William Shatner knew absolutely nothing he was just using notes so William Shatner just took over the entire thing and just monologues good for him and it was great and then at the end he was selling his book and uh, you'd put your name on a post-it note and then you'd got it, get in line and he basically just slid the book over, wrote a thing in the front and slid the book on the other side. That, that, what's weird about that is, is that he brought books thinking there's only 20 people here. So like, at most he's making, what, like $300? Well, $400 it would have been yeah. about, yeah. And so it feels like he's not wouldn't really... Yeah. Bent his bank account. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is weird when you put it like that. I guess he just had, uh, he was just trying to make some space in his spare bedroom. <laughs> you know. um, and uh, yeah, and so he'd sort of like sign it, and it was like a conveyor belt. And then I just put my hand up to shake him, and then he, he didn't even look up at me, and he just put over his two fat, <laughs> podgy fingers. Not even his whole hand, just his two fucking forefingers, and he stuck them in my hand and didn't even look up at me. And I've got a photo of him just sort of like, of my hand out to shake him, and his two fat fingers in him, not looking at me. And the look in my face is just of absolute disgust. I'm just like, Are you fucking kidding me? I come all the way to New York to meet you. It's probably fucking... harder to put three fingers out than your whole hand. Two fingers. Two fingers. Not three. Oh, no, no, yeah. Two's easy. Two is easy. Yeah. Three is hard. So maybe Just ask the Lethal it. Weapon franchise. <laughs> <laughs> man. Nerdlinger. <laughs> so we're off. We're, it's we're good, First rule of fan club. Uh, tell your friends about fan club. And the second rule of fan club is please, please for the for love, love of God, God tell your friends about fan club. Ross Noble tells a similar story about how he met Ian McKellen. Have you heard that story? Oh, sounds like a gaggle of school There girls. he is. <laughs> Ross Noble tells a story about he thought it'd be funny. He met Ian McKellen and immediately when Ian McKellen went to shake his hands, he just put three fingers out to... It was meant for him to sort of be a bit like Wolverine, to be a bit like three fingers, three three blades. So he put three fingers out, but then Ian McKellen sort of just shook these three fingers. But his face sort of told a story as if he was shaking Ross Noble's hand but would, would only look him directly in the eye because he thought it was impolite to think, oh, this bloke's got three, he's only got three fingers. So he was doing that kind of out of politeness, sort of going very pleased to meet and not not wanting to acknowledge that. Well, you've obviously lost a couple of fingers, and I'm not going to make a big deal. Not going to make a big deal of it. I'm just shaking one of life's winners' hands. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's really nice. It's nice. a nice Ian McKellen story. Yeah. 
Uh, I've got several Ian McKillen stories <laughs> that aren't so favourable, but I'll leave them for the, lock, they? the locker room banter. Um, the more unfortunate. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. Uh, I mean, me and, uh, me and McKellen have history. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more about it. Um, uh, you know, I had... Oh, well, speaking of Ian McKellen, and I wasn't going to jump in at this point, sure. I watched the movie All Is True this week. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Okay, so All Is True is um so uh, so we'll get this out of the way and then we'll do properly like what have you been up to what have i been up to and then we'll do the fan sure back, right? this is basically what we do anyway though we yeah. might as well do all but this truth. is very unstructured all of a sudden isn't it but it's nice because nice. we haven't done it in such a long no. time so um uh, uh so news just in apparently uh I, I so i did a gig in sheffield last night that was absolutely fucking flooded right and apparently it's easier for me to get from Sheffield to Football Radio on time than it is <laughs> for me to get from my flat, which is 10 minutes down the road. Um, but I travel from Doncaster and I got you should, here. You should do that every week. I'm meant to be here at 11.30 to meet you. Mm. And I'm always here at 11.58. <laughs> I just walk straight in and we start doing the thing. Um, but today I was here at 11.35. I was very fucking impressed with myself. Haven't got any fizzy drinks other than my Pepsi Max that I bought in Doncaster. But, you know, oh, I'll tell you what I do have. I've got these fucking uh, Cadbury's. Uh, Hello. Cadbury's. Oh, no, no, not that. Uh, hang on. I'm off, I'm off the radio. I'm off the microphone. I'm you're off not. the microphone. Can you hear me? Can you Maybe I can hear because you're in the room. I'm in the room. Yeah, it could just be that. Here we go. <laughs> We've got these Cadbury snowballs. Oh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go home uh, because Emma Williams, uh, when I was in Cardiff, made us some mugs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're uh, Fight Club themed mugs that say Fan Club on them with me and you on them. They're very nice. But I left them in my flat um, because uh, I was going to go back and get them before I got here. But um, uh, I didn't have time in the end. I could have been a bit late and here, mm -hmm. or I could have been very late and with the mugs. So I'm um, so I'm here. Also, Karen Karen Howlett got you some um, uh, white chocolate buttons. Thank you very much, Karen. Uh, but they're in my flat as well with the mugs. Okay. Uh, Something to look forward to. So thanks for that, guys. Thanks for thanks for all of your gifts and uh, thanks. For, um, Thank you. On a personal note, thanks to everyone that's come to see my show so far. It's going very well. I'm really enjoying it. Um, we'll get to all is true in a second. Yeah, that's going to be the big build up, building up to all is true. <laughs> I just want to do the thing. I do this. I, I just want to get this off, not off my chest. I just found it funny, right? Which was that um, <clears throat> uh, Instagram is absolutely lovely. Yeah. Twitter <laughs> is a fucking minefield, right? And Facebook fan pages are just cesspits. And it's weird. It's so weird, the, the contrast between... Like, like, like uh, different personality types stick to different fucking social medias. And it's weird. So... Um, so everyone's always loved me on Instagram. Um, I, I knew that it was going to be really weird because I did a gig, a gig in Cardiff a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday night and they repeated my live at the Apollo, right? And um, and I and before I went on stage, someone said, oh, you, uh, I've given up live at the Apollo. You're, yeah, I've given up watching you on live at the Apollo to see you live in Cardiff tonight. And I was just like, 
well, Twitter's going to be an absolute fucking clusterfuck <laughs> later, right? <laughs> and uh, and I forgot after the show that that had happened, and I went and I went online just to check Twitter, and it was just like reams of people just saying, I "Loved your show tonight. I thought you were absolutely incredible." You are the worst comedian I have ever seen in my life. Give up your day job, mate. You are incredible. Give up your day job, mate, unless this is your day job, and then give that up. You know, it's just like, it was literally just, I did, and I'd forgotten that Live at Apollo was on, and I was just like, fucking hell, what's going on? <laughs> um, and yeah, Is there yeah. ever a bit of you that is attracted to seeing negative stuff no i would like it if it was all you're positive. somehow able no, to get rid of it I, I, do you know what but the but but i always just the way i equate it is there's a there's a glass ceiling to positive comments you know once once the hundredth person has said you're incredible mm. then you kind of like but there is no bottom to yeah. how low people can go Right, you know, I've had all sorts of fucking horrific things said about me and my family. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you just start like, go, wow, the, the the creativity on how horrible you can be is endless, but uh, it doesn't reflect the other way. Where no, because all you can really say is, I really like that. Uh, that's it. <laughs> you're my you're my favourite comedian. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking. I I'm. In my head, I'm imagining you've seen three comedians and the other two were awful, but that's really sweet. And then, you know, people just, oh, it's horrible. Uh, horrible. Anyway, so I do this thing. Uh, well, I'm not face, gonna... what's, what's interesting about Facebook? Facebook so care. the Facebook thing is I do, this pi- I do a picture every day for Instagram, mm-hmm. every time I do a gig, of me oh, yeah, yeah. in a... Um, it could, well, I think what it was was I saw Lloyd Griffith once took a picture of him in this massive theatre, and it was, it was while he was doing his sound check and it was empty, and he said, "Oh, I'm playing, you know, the Lincoln Centre or whatever it was tonight," and uh, and I wrote, um, "Oh, mate, I'm so sorry for you. No one's turned up, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so I take a photo. Fo- started taking photos of just sort of like me. In a packed, in a in a, in a, in a venue, they're not huge venues. <laughs> they're not all huge. Um, and I took a picture of me in a venue with uh, with my tech Aaron uh, just sat in the audience, right? And, and it's <laughs> always him. It's always him, and it's always just like, oh no, no one's turned up again, right? And it's a bit of a running joke, but then it also got to a point where I wanted to include everyone. So every time I go somewhere, I think we didn't do it in Edinburgh. And they were, and people in Edinburgh were like, well, why didn't you do the photo in Edinburgh? And, and it was like, okay, right, well, I'll do it everywhere, right? Um, so I went uh, and I got this message on Facebook, and I never go on my Facebook fan page, but, but I got this message on fan, uh, on my Facebook page, and I so I went, I went, I made the mistake of going on it, and there was lots of lovely comments, right? On Instagram, and it is for Instagram, but you can link in like Twitter and whatever, yeah, and Facebook. And uh, so I only just basically operate on Instagram. And then I made the mistake of going on Facebook, and there were these two comments which were so mean and horrible. And you just like go, you've deliberately They've had to look for it. Gone out of your. Why are you following me? Do you know what I mean? Like your life must be so empty that you follow people that you don't like, and then comment on their fucking fan page. So there was this picture of me and Aaron, and one of the one of the um, one of the one of the horrible comments was. Uh, 
um, I'm not surprised, mate. Uh, <laughs> even if uh, the two Ronnies came back and did a gig, I bet they'd have more audience members than you, and they're both dead. And so I just want to unpack... If the two Ronnies came back... I then... just want to unpack that statement. You go, well, for a start, right? The two Ronnies were a fucking big deal when they were alive, right? So I would guarantee that they would have a bigger audience <laughs> yeah, yeah, than me. Yeah, yeah, they were broadcasters for like 30 <laughs> or 40 years between them, right? So I get, you know, Ronnie Barker was a genius in his own right. <laughs> Ronnie Corbett was fucking beloved by millions, right? So if the two Ronnies were to do were alive, were to do a lie, <laughs> were alive and they did, they did a gig, then I would guarantee they'd get more audience than me. But, but on top of that, knowing that what we know now is that the two Ronnies are both dead. If they were to do a gig tonight and they were both dead, fucking hell, you can double that audience, right? I would fucking, I'd cancel my gig to go and see the dead two Ronnies. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, so your fucking statement, as mean as you are, right? Right. So there's just this, there's this level of it. As mean as that is, you know, it's absolutely uh, bonkers, right? That you that, that that you're using that as an insult. On top of that you have chosen to take a self-deprecating picture that I myself have taken and posted and uh, take it at face value as if there is only one person in my audience do you know what I mean so it's just kind of like that's fucking all of that is mental all of that is mental Um, and then um, the the other comment was um, the same joke rehashed yet again <laughs> and I've got to say right, it's about the 25th time I've done this joke right that is the joke that is the same joke every single time you can like it or not like it right I mean come and see the show there's loads of jokes in there right that aren't that the same joke over and over that again that suggests he's been checking back every day yeah, every I'll log day. in I'll log in see if he's done it again <laughs> he has and, he, and he's waited for the 25th time <laughs> to comment on it and gone oh the same joke Joke helm, re and I like the word that he said rehashed. Like, like I've taken it off someone else or what? Joe's like, I've, I'm stealing off myself, mate. It's the <laughs> same joke rehashed. Yeah, mate, that's the fucking joke, right? So, um, uh, so I'm not going to go back on. <laughs> I'm, uh, if you've got anything nice to say to me, go on Instagram. But fucking, I'm not going back on Facebook. <laughs> fucking what a cesspit. Um, and you'd have assumed that that's where all the, all the cunts are on Twitter, but no, not so much. Anyway. So we both watched the film All Is True. I saw it when it came out. What a weird film. What a weird film. So it's basically... So uh, much to unpack on it. uh, Glad you've seen it. Professional uh, William Shakespeare masturbator, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Sure. So we know Branagh is a huge Shakespeare I feel really sorry for Kenneth Branagh because basically his his goal when he did Hamlet his goal was to basically put every single Shakespeare film, uh, every single Shakespeare play on film. Mm. And then Romeo and Juliet came out and then lots of other people started doing it. Um, and then Richard III came out. And, uh, you know, and everyone said, so it's kind of like he lost his kind of like throne of, I'm the Shakespeare that cinema guy. That was his thing, guy. wasn't it, for that a was while. his thing. Um, so what did he do? He did Henry V. He did Much Do About Nothing. He did Hamlet. Was there any others that he mm. did before that? Uh I feel like there is. Since then, he's done Love's Labour's Lost, but, you know, he was kind of like, I feel like I'm missing something. Obviously, he did uh, uh, William Shakespeare's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Bram Stoker's Dracula Part 2, and um, Francis Coppola's Francis Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula 2. Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Shelley's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. 
as you like it yeah as you like it he did as well i think that was after um uh so i feel sort of sorry for him but now he's got to a point where he's, he was always going to be too old he was too old to play hamlet really but that film is incredible the Hamlet, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, and also what came out because it was him, wasn't it? And at the same time, there was the Franco Zeffirelli Mel Gibson Hamlet, wasn't there? That came out within a year of it, or and that was like a, a bridge. So that's like an hour and a half with Mel, yeah, with Mel, Mel Gibson. <laughs> so he was sort of slightly too up. But the one that I saw, the Hamlet I saw, was like four and a half hours or four hours has an interval in the middle, um, <laughs> and uh, I saw it at the cinema, and I just. I absolutely loved it. I went to see Henry V when that came out when I was a kid, and I, I remember loving it, thinking it, it was a great job. And I think as well as that, he's also doing the sort of remakes of the films Olivier did as well, so they've got that double E kind of, I'm doing Olivier and I'm doing... Uh, yeah, th- but there's a lot of ego involved in all of that. Oh, of course there is, yeah. Yeah. I heard um, a good story about Olivier. Um, <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. I, I always hear quite good stories, and was <laughs> apparently when he was, uh, um, he, he was sort of in his later years. I think he, who was he doing a play? He was doing a play with like a sort of young actor in the seventies, and he was peering out, and he looked at, at the uh, looked at the audience, and the, the young actor was sort of pacing up and down, and he saw like Lawrence Olivier was doing it as well. He's going, "Wow, even Lawrence Olivier in opening night is nervous." It's and it makes me feel weird. And he says to him, goes, do you, know, like, do you know, boy, I'm just looking out here. They're all waiting for me to fail, aren't they? They're all waiting for me to fail. They just want to see the old man fail, don't they? And he's like, that's not true at all. You're like a legend. They all want to see you. He's like, no, they just want to see me fail. Got such a reputation now. They just want it. They just want to see me forget my lines just so they can go, oh, yeah, the old man's lost it. That's what they've got. Um, uh, and then apparently at the end of the play, it went on. was amazing. The audience in the audience, his palm on their hands, and as he walked off, the young actor looked at him as if to like give him a thumbs up and go, "You've nailed it." And he and before he put could out say three it, fingers, no, before, <laughs> <laughs> before he could say it, the, um, Lawrence Olivier turned to him and said, "There you go, fucking brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> I took a drink at the wrong time. Um, I've got a couple of. Um, there's that. There's the classic, which is that every time he'd go and see someone that he knew uh, in a play, and he thought they were rubbish, he would, <laughs> at, at, at the end he'd go up to him and he'd go, "Darling, you've done it again." <laughs> uh, and um, but also when he made Rebecca with um, Alfred Hitchcock, basically, so he was married to Olivia de Havilland, and he wanted Olivia de Havilland to be the lead. And she didn't get the lead. Alfred Hitchcock cast someone else. And I can't remember her name. Could you look it up? Um, and Lawrence Olivier was so pissed off that his wife wasn't in the film with him that he bullied her on set to the point that she was having a nervous breakdown. And Alfred Hitchcock found out about this and he stepped in and he said um, to all of the cast and the crew, he said, it's good for the film. So uh, if everyone sees uh, um, Lawrence Olivier's body, join in. And she basically had a nervous breakdown. Uh, And she ended up, um, uh, she ended up winning an Oscar. There you go. Well, I don't know if that makes it better. No, it doesn't make it better. Uh, But you watch the film and that is a really, I mean, it's just like Alfred Hitchcock is in that league of, directors along with Stanley Kubrick where the way Stanley Kubrick treated Shelley Duvall in The Shining is just kind of absolutely mm. reprehensible um, 
and there's the there's the thing where uh, Shelley Duvall's on in The Shining and she's going up the stairs with the baseball bat and she's sort of like and it was meant to be something like a 54 day shoot The Shining mm. and it went on for like 160 days and uh, the the last third of the film she's basically having a nervous breakdown in the, in the movie the character mm. and he made her do that for like 100 days and she was going up the stairs and, and he made her film that like 150 takes going up the stairs and you just go you're a fucking cunt mate you're absolutely fucking awful um, you know, I, t I mean, it's not even like in terms of the uh, hashtag Me Too and, you know, um, in like contemporary society. It's not even like in terms of, it's just like it's reprehensible behaviour and people, you know, got away with it. I mean, mm. I love Alfred Hitchcock movies and I do, you know, yeah. and he was, a, he was certainly a character. Would know. they would they be that much worse, though, if they... If it didn't have someone who was bullied, <laughs> would they just be still good? You'd get Doctor Sleep, where it was on time, <laughs> too budget, no one wants to go and see it. Um, it. I don't know. I just, but there is sort of like suffering for your art, but then there is also kind of uh, having someone else make you suffer for your art, and that's not that's, that's not fair. Um, uh, so yeah, Lawrence Olivier, I think he was probably a bit. But anyway, so Kenneth Branagh did a bit nasty, I was going to say. Um, so Kenneth Branagh did The Entertainer on stage as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Which was a classic Laurence Olivier movie. Yeah. Um, so he's obsessed with him. So he's obsessed with Laurence Olivier and William Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And so so basically, Kenneth Branagh made this film called uh, All Is True, came mm -hmm. out uh, last year, and he plays, uh, or maybe it was the beginning of this year, and he plays William Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And he plays him as sort of like an everyday man. Drops, some, yeah. drops his T's and H's and he's like, oh, no, I'm just William Shakespeare. Here I am. Oh, what's going on over here? All right, I'm just going to do a spot of gardening. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And he's basically going, I think my key into the character is to just make him as accessible as possible. He's an everyday He's an everyday, everyday bloke. Everyday bloke. Um, it, what's really... And I don't... So... It's a deeply boring film, um, I found. What I find absolutely mind-bogglingly bizarre is that he wears that much pros prosthetic yeah. makeup. Yeah. So and I think um, Natalie's nailed it because she said exactly what I was going to say, in that he wears prosthetics to make him look like William Shakespeare but actually what happens is he looks like Ben Kingsley playing William Shakespeare. It's so weird, isn't it? Because it's bizarre because you're going... And halfway through, you keep forgetting it's Kenneth Branagh. No. Because your brain keeps going, Kingsley. No, no. I, all the way through, I'm just looking... Because there's a very famous picture of William Shakespeare that was on the front of all of the books that we got mm -hmm. at school and everything like that. And it's like, it's the William Shakespeare picture. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't look anything like that mm. picture. He's got a really long, pointy nose, yeah. right? And William Shakespeare in the picture doesn't have a long, pointy nose. <laughs> so you just go, why have you done that? And my only guess is to make it not look like Kenneth Branagh so that you're transported away from it being Kenneth Branagh and you can, you can visualise it. But he doesn't look like the picture of Shakespeare that we've been brought up with. So you go, well, if he doesn't look like Shakespeare and he doesn't really look like Kenneth Branagh 
and he looks a bit like Ben Kings. It's just like, what are you meant to be thinking when you're watching it? Because you can't concentrate on anything else in the film other than why the fuck is Kenneth Branagh? Other- it would mu- it work it would work much better if it was just uh, Kenneth Branagh. And you go, it's Kenneth Branagh playing William Shakespeare. Not like it's Kenneth Branagh in disguise, in like a Jeremy Beadle-esque disguise, where it's just like you go, um, you can't you can't picture him as anything other than Kenneth Branagh wearing a fucking fake nose and uh, an extra. He's got. Yeah, but it is distract like I think any kind of prosthetics are sort of weird. I thought that about that film. What was it Foxcatcher when that came out? And it's like everyone in it's wearing all this prosthetic makeup <laughs> to look like people who we don't know what they look like. <laughs> it's like we could just be, just be Steve Carell and just be. I watched this review about Wild Wild West uh, this week, and they were basically saying, "Oh no, that's it." So this week I've been mainly watching uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, uh, episodes. Oh yeah, and it's really, I bet that's fun. It's really, it's really interesting because. Uh, yeah, I guess they started reviewing stuff in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can kind of like go back and find classic reviews for stuff like Alien, Aliens, Predator, and just find out what they thought about all these films when they were coming out. And they give them a, one thumb up or a thumb down. And um, uh, yeah, and uh, um, they were talking about Wild Wild West. And they were like, going, why did they make Kevin Klein in it a master of disguise? Said there were no photographs back then. <laughs> there were no photographs. Nobody knew what anyone looked like. You could just go into a room and say that you were the president of the United States, and they just believe you. And you go, that is an interesting. Kenneth Branagh's in that as well, isn't he? he? Is. And they go, oh, that's Bob's comedy connection. They, it's just like you go, yeah, that's right. What I found really interesting about um, Cisco and Ebert reviews is that they're rubbish. <laughs> they're not good. They're not good reviews. They're these two guys that are really enthusiastic about films that are talking about them, but their uh, opinion. Uh, really, um, uh, it's like they're making it. It's like us. They're making them up on the spot. There's no real thought behind them. But they were like an institution, weren't they? Are but, they um, not like? Is it not just that you're looking through a lens of modern thing maybe, and going like? Maybe, but you watch it and you go, "Wow, how is this ever a thing?" It's so like <laughs> uh, quaint and hokey, and it's two people like going, "Oh, I really like that." There was, n- or they go, "Oh, there was no heart to it," I'm, you know. But it's all very like emotional based, and then uh, you know. But they absolutely destroy some fucking classics. <laughs> you go, there's nothing in this that we haven't seen before. And you go, oh, right, yeah. It's, it's interesting watching. Uh, what I find interesting about it is uh, seeing reviews of films that obviously are ingrained in my DNA, uh, but when they were new and there was no baggage to them. It was just as they just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting. And I think it's. Um, I think it says a lot when people sort of recognise what's good about them. Um, but so often in that kind of era, the pre, as we've spoken about before, that kind of pre, I guess, Kim Newman and Mark Kermode pre-90s, when all your sort of yeah, film critics were Barry Norman and Alexander Walker and all those guys, that they'd be like, like, they wouldn't like anything that was remotely mainstream or popular. Barry Norman was always my absolute favourite. And he used to say Schwarzenegger. He did, yeah. <laughs> um, you managed to get the fart in. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, he was... Uh, he, uh, I re- yeah, I used to love Barry Norman. And one of the things I really loved about Barry Norman is that he really loved the Naked Gun movies. He, <laughs> even, he? he even loved Naked Gun 33 <laughs> and a third. And it was just like, he gave that such a glaring <laughs> review. And Naked Gun 33 and a third, I would say, is not a good film. 
<laughs> oh, I like the idea of him having a laugh watching it. Oh, in the, he bloody in the screening. loved it. You know, he just got so <laughs> he got so excited about it. Do you know what? We've done half an hour already. Well, it's, it's the All Is True special, isn't it? All Is True. Um, um, going back to All Is True, the other thing that I found baffling about it is it's written by Ben Elton, who is also what? currently... What? It's written by Ben Elton, who is currently doing a sitcom about William Shakespeare. So, so this is it's like, is this in the same universe? They even say Upstart Crow in it. Oh, do they? Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking... Okay, right, who directed it? I think Brian directed it. No, did he? Did he? Right, so I didn't watch any of the stuff, you know, I, I didn't watch any of the credits. Or anything. I, I, I mean, I was in the room, but it was just on in the background. But like, um, oh, right, so that makes sense. So he directed it. It doesn't make it. sense. It's like, why would... Why would, he get, like weird. He goes, why would he get Judy Dench to play his wife? She's yeah. like 30 years older than him. Well, I think, is his wife older than him? I think that might be the thing, that yeah. in real life... Is Shakespeare's wife was, older, was than older than him. him. But was she 30 years older than him? And then know. Ian McKellen pops up, and, yeah. um, and they're basically... They're implying that Shakespeare was gay. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's they, been implied but, before, isn't it? Isn't but, he right? but they don't say it overtly. They sort yes. of like imply it, and then you go, well, are you saying it or not? Because this is a detail that we could miss. And it said, it's called All Is True, and you go, there is a debate as to whether Shakespeare existed, right? So how true is this? It's not like the definitive kind <laughs> of... Certainly. Uh, I, it's just such a weird it's just a weird sort of like non-film I almost forgot that I saw it and you know and, uh, and <laughs> oh, I, watched, I found it a I watched fascinating it on Tuesday film. you know it was one of those things at the end of it I was like I mean I'm still thinking about it because I'm going what was all that <laughs> what was this it's why the, did they do this the, I strange choices I don't feel like I feel like because there's so much murkiness around Shakespeare's life I don't mm -hmm. feel like I particularly learned much about Shakespeare that I could like you know, learn much ado about Shakespeare <laughs> I don't feel like I learned enough I don't feel like I learned anything solid about Shakespeare I feel like it was an interpretation what the, did you learn about Kenneth uh, <laughs> Branagh the one thing I did learn uh, no, the one thing that's really stuck with me is his fucking nose. And you just like go, what a bizarre fucking choice. And I guess it's, I guess it's Kenneth Branagh kind of like trying to be modest in a way and go, well, I don't want to overshadow the bard. So I'm going to wear the fucking nose from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's Child Catcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. Yeah. I want people to see Shakespeare and not Branner. Yeah. And you just like go, no, mate. Uh, it's uh, fine. Just That's, be Kenneth Branner and we'll go, oh, another wank fest. But like, you know, and then we'll see past that. i got to say, but though, despite all, all this fucking... stuff, I still like Branner. Got a lot of time for oh, him. Oh, I love Kenneth yeah, Branner. Yeah, me too. I absolutely love him. Sounds like yeah. you're slagging him off. I it's, like him. It's really weird, isn't it? I, I always felt like... In the 90s, that him and Emma Thompson would be together forever. And when they broke up, I took that as Me a personal too. hit. I was just like, oh, I love Emma Thompson. I can we get Kenneth Branagh on? Can we get Kenneth Branagh or, sure. or Emma Thompson? Either one or yeah. both. <laughs> get, him, get them both in, have a reunion. We'll get them both, get them both on, get them back together. Um, yeah, I just, I felt, I felt, I was really sad about that. Did you ever see Dead Again? Yes. Yeah, Fucking yeah. hell. I mean, that has got one of the all time worst performances by uh, Derek uh, Jacoby, as uh, my ex girlfriend used to say. Um, uh, Fucking, it's absolutely insane the performances in that. A terrible Robin Williams performance, <laughs> terrible Kenneth Branagh performance. Uh, his, Ameri his American accent in Dead Again is just crazy. Of course, Much Ado About Nothing had um, Ben Elton in, of course. Ben Elton, well. good pal who writes his uh, Shakespeare film now. Well, uh, Emma Thompson started out as a comedian, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, just, it's all very incestuous, all yeah. of that. 
Right. Have you ever seen that film, Peter's Friends? Peter's Friends. That is appalling. Absolutely I mean, appalling. Absolutely. One of the worst <laughs> films. <laughs> Andrew! I don't like. Andrew! Oh, I think I nearly folded myself in half. What have you got at these things? Wait! Yeah, Rita Rudner wrote it, didn't she? Yeah. Did she write it? I don't know, she's, she's in it, isn't she? Rita Rudner's great, but um, uh, what Tony Slattery, wow. what an absolutely incredibly obnoxious <laughs> film. <laughs> Fucking hell. I find oh, it so God. cringeworthy that you I nearly know, like, folded myself in half. Oh, awful. It. It's just like you go, when, when Peter <laughs> tells everyone he's dying, you just like go, why, c- why couldn't everyone else be dying as well? <laughs> Fucking awful. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's just The weird thing about that, 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 that terrible. one of the other people thinks Let's is, all go down to Oxford. <laughs> so good. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're the worst. You're the worst <laughs> <laughs> falling. And they come off and yeah. they, they die on their ass the at a corporate They die on their ass <laughs> at a corporate event and they all come off and they're delighted with themselves. Oh, they hated us! That was terrible! And they're all like quaffing champagne in the fucking dressing room and you go, I hope you all die. You're the fucking worst. Yeah. It's like they're the least least likable characters I've ever seen in any film ever. Just absolutely <laughs> fucking awful. Awful, people. awful, awful, awful. And then uh, and Hugh Laurie's got such a boring part in it, and you go, he's the most likable guy in the whole film, and you've given him fucking the the straight part where he's got to do all the dramatic heavy lifting. So basically recast like the Cambridge Footlights of 1981. It's just awful. Or it's just basically. But they put Kenneth Branagh in it's as basically, well. Basically. <laughs> Uh, a daisy chain of everyone fucking each other for the entire <laughs> fucking production. It's horrible. Um, hey, did Branner? Is that Branner in the bleak midwinter? In the bleak midwinter. But that's actually them putting on the play, isn't it? That's them putting on. Uh, what play is it they're putting on? It's uh, a winter's tale. A winter's isn't it? tale. Just another the winter's, winter's tale. tale. David Essex. Love it. Uh, love it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I <laughs> think <laughs> I've been slime. Ghostbusters is. Just um, in I listened to the actual original Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters the other day. Is that the original? I thought it was. I thought. I thought Ray Parker Jr. drips it off. There's a bit when he. uh, There's a bit when he goes. um, Let me tell you something. Bustin makes me feel good, right? So he does say, "Let me tell you something," right? Okay. But David Essex is clearly reading it for the very first time. Let me tell you something, Bustin. Makes me feel good. <laughs> Fucking insane. Right. Insanely okay. Good. Having oh, spark in the dark. Mm, not my favourite. Michael and Nathaniel Michael Fan Club sur Fiba Radio. And we're back, baby. <laughs> uh, I can't work out what the word is for hereditary. Hereditary. You want to say? I feel like it was just basically uh, he'd taken a load of better films and put them in a cement mixer and then... Mm, um, a sausage machine. Yeah, and I just felt like there's nothing in that film that I hadn't seen before, except for that twist. I haven't seen it. Hereditary. Mm. You didn't see Hereditary? No. I th- I'm, I'm not sure how the film would play without all the marketing going around it, because they marketed it as a specific film. And then the film wasn't that film. And I thought that was very clever. But then everything else, I was just like, I've seen all this before. Okay. Um, I will, I will. I, 
I should watch it. That's it. That's the thing. I kind of. I'd like to see it. Peter's friends cast Stephen Fry as Peter Morton, the eponymous character. <laughs> Kenneth Banner as Andrew Benson, an old friend of Peter, now a writer in America. Hugh Laurie as Roger Charleston, a jingle writer and husband of Mary. Went to university with Peter. Melda Staunton as Mary Charleston, a jingle writer and wife of Roger. Went to university with Peter. Emma Thompson. Which university did they go to? Was it Oxford? Emma Thompson as Maggie Chester, an eccentric publisher. Went to university with Peter. Cambridge. Alfonsia Emmanuel as Sarah Johnson, a fashion designer. Went to university with Peter. Rita Radner as Carol Benson, an actress and Andrew's American wife. Tony Slattery as Brian, Sarah's already married boyfriend. Uh-oh. Philidia Law as Vera, the long-serving housekeeper for, anyone, anyone? Peter. Peter. Alex Lowe as Paul, Vera's son. Who fucks Emma Thompson? Spoiler alert. We've um, already said that. And uh, Philidia Law is Emma Thompson's mum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, I, yeah, it's a film that hasn't aged very well. I remember liking it when it first came out, and then uh, and I've watched it oh, since. The first time I saw it was on TV, and I couldn't believe it's how bad it was. It's one of those films where you couldn't actually want to uh, tear your own dick off. Oh, absolutely. And, and, Throw it at and, the screen. And, bl- and blind yourself <laughs> with it, and then <laughs> st- stuff the remnants of it in your ears. Um, so... <clears throat> Let's do we might as well have them all on, Natalie. Get them all in. So we'll have, we've got Emma Thompson and, and uh, Kenneth Branner anyway. Get, get them, them all in. explain themselves, <laughs> finally. Get to the bottom of what they were thinking. Uh, what a film. Uh, what a movie. Good a- oh, no. That's the, wrong, that's the wrong button. There you go. Good afternoon. What are your Halloween plans for 2020? <laughs> Missed Halloween. Yeah, it's my favourite uh, religious holiday. Halloween. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I prefer it to Christmas. Uh, but my sister was born on Halloween, so we never oh, really, really got, never really got to celebrate it because it was kind of like a bastardisation of my sister's birthday. So, right. yeah. but um, yeah, I really do love. Uh, I like classic horror. I don't like stuff like Saw and Hostel. Me too. That's I like what stuff I like. like The Wolfman, which I watched this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it doesn't, hasn't aged well. What, the new Wolfman? Yeah, it's only about 10, 10 years old. Oh, right. uh, I've always really liked it. I've seen it a couple of times and I was, I was a fan of it. I fucking loved it when it came out. And I just, I, it, it looks like a deeply flawed film. I'll tell you what the problem with it is, is that um, Joe Johnston, uh, it was Mark uh, Romanek. Is that yeah, his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was the director for a very long time, and then he dropped out two weeks before they started filming. Everything had been built and spent, mm-hmm. and then um, Joe Johnston took over. He had a fortnight to prepare for it, and I think the problem with the film is it, um, it's a lot. It's, it's like a lot of Joe Johnston's films, where it's glossy and it looks great, and you know there's a real kind of like Got a lot of time for Joe Johnston. I yeah, think he's I mean, pulled it I, out of the I bag. Th- I think, I think. Uh, he's pulled it out of the bag many times. Mm. You know, he did Captain America, he did The Rocketeer, mm-hmm. uh, he did Jurassic Part Three, which mm-hmm. I, I prefer to Jurassic Part Two, mm-hmm. and actually to it goes Jurassic Park, Big Gap, Jurassic Park Three, uh, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, the Lost uh, the Jurassic World and then The Lost World way last right and um, I think Joe Johnson's a good director <clears throat> and the thing about The Wolfman is that it's all surface level and there's no depth to it um, and it looks it looks great there are some 
kind of weird sort of like no, not point of view shots but they're kind of like weird sort of shots of the wolf man like running on all fours where the camera's right in his face and you kind of like go that hasn't aged very well right um yeah, I'm not. I'm not a massive. I, I really loved that film when it came out. But you look at it and you go, "That was surely the beginning of the dark universe, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have and you seen this thing now? They're doing Invisible Man. Have you seen that? Are they actually going to do that? It's there's a trailer for it. But it's done by. It's uh, not Johnny Depp. No, they've they've nixed that. There's one that's come out. They released the trailer maybe is it, yesterday. Is it even Universal? It's Universal. It's it, but it's like um, they've given it to Blumhouse. <laughs> And it's sort of like it's, it looks pretty good. It's got like um, it's quite a sort of modern take of like um, a couple that splits up, but he's mad. Does does he squeeze a tit when he's invisible? He might do, yeah. <laughs> Not in the trailer. If he doesn't, if he doesn't squeeze a tit, then uh, it's it's going to be no hollow man. That's all I can say. <laughs> God, I like, yeah. <laughs> what an awful film. Um, um, anyway, so. Um, Hollow Man was one of those things where it's Paul Verhoeven going, he's basically what you would do if you were invisible. And you're like, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> if I was invisible, um, I would... Uh, if I was invisible Kevin Bacon, I would squeeze a tip <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and then escalate to rape very quickly. Uh, fuck it, it was just fucking oh, horrible film. film. <laughs> and I love Paul Verhoeven, but you just think, fucking hell, somebody... somebody Somebody have a lad. Put him back to basics. Set it in the future, Paul, uh, and have either a Robocop or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so there you go, Paul. That's uh... where's that fucking thing that I was just reading? Oh, yeah. Where's it gone? Wait, wait, if you don't, we haven't got the. We haven't read it yet. Oh. oh. What were we doing for Halloween? Wasn't it? What were we doing for Halloween? What I do at Halloween is. Why like, have you deleted it? I watch. Um... Come on, where is it gone? I can't see it. Peter's French facts. You've got a pair Peter's French... Oh, good afternoon. There we go. What are your Halloween fans? Which Plans. is the best? Well, um, I was gigging that night. What did you do for Halloween? I watched, I watched Halloween 2018. For the first time? Yeah, first time. What do you think? It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It's not the worst of them. No. Um, it's I... not that... It's not good enough to be like, it's the comeback... And it's like it's yeah. what I quite liked about it was I thought given that it's um, Danny McBride and what's his name who directed it, right? It's like what is his name? Uh, oh fuck, Green. Your Highness, isn't it? that fella, uh, David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. Like it's got like funny bits in it, and that's what it does I think to make you like the characters I like, before like I liked, it has. I like the bit when the cops are talking about their pet lunches. Yeah, like all that stuff. It, all all that stuff's really funny, and when it does that with characters who are then and the, and the dad. Yeah, when he's talking about peanut butter on his penis. Yeah. And the sort of babysitter is like really nice and really funny. And the and kid you go, in yeah. it is wicked, yeah. And so you have all that stuff. So you have that thing where, but that's that's that its tracking, device. That tracking shot is great as well. When he goes uh, into the house and picks up the hammer, yeah. puts the hammer down, picks up the knife, and then he kills. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's like um, it it's has, better than fucking Rob Zombie. It's got, oh, that's why I watched. Go on. No, I was just going to say it does that. That's quite a nice device for like you know building people up and making you like them. But then once you see it once, you go, that's what, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's your trick. I thought it was fine. I, th- I was a bit like, I thought, I, I was a bit disappointed to be honest, but I thought it was okay. Um, I don't love Halloween 2. But, the original Halloween 2? Yeah, but what I do like, I, I don't actually mind the connection that he's, that yeah, Laurie um, Strode is, yeah. 
And so I think it really should have been Halloween 3. I think Me too. I, I thought I couldn't work out why they're doing it as this sort of sequel to John Carpenter's Halloween, where it's like John Carpenter like, wrote Halloween 2. But he, he wrote it in a rush, and he was not proud of Halloween 2, but I do think that it's a bit silly to just completely ignore. I think um, I see it as Halloween 1, Halloween 2, and then there was the natural uh, gap of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and then everything after that was just basically them trying to kind of like melt the franchise for all it was worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like H2O, and yeah. then that's but H2O is completely undone and ruined with right. um, what's that one? That's uh, the, uh, the last one, Halloween, Halloween Resurrection. Absolutely appalling. That's Dangertainment. I mean, it's, Happy it's sort of remarkable. Motherfucker. I think it's remarkable to try and follow H2O with that as well. Like, it, absolutely I mean, mental. And also, the first, the first 10 minutes when the twist happens is like outrageous well, but that was you can't that, do that that was Jamie Lee Curtis she said she's only going to come back if she gets killed off yeah but it could be really if you did it in that if that was like the big twist and then you then get to watch another film and you go that's amazing because the start is like you get to have a psycho beginning and go oh I wasn't expecting that and then the rest of the film you just have that at the beginning and then a terrible film but yeah it's absolutely <laughs> appalling well, it's just basically film. Big Brother it's um, yeah, big, yeah but that Michael was, Myers meets but Big Brother that's why I wrote my dissertation on was like uh, the changing attitudes of slasher films and how they're like the modern day fairy tale there you go okay. uh, it's a very I got a first for it um, but I've reread it and uh, it's not very good. Um, so, you know, even I can be flawed. What's the best but, um, horror franchise? Nightmare on Elm Street, but, Friday the 13th of Halloween. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th of Halloween. Do you know the one that I like the most is Halloween? Me I too. think that's my favourite franchise out of those three. Um, I also always on Halloween watch a hammer horror that I haven't seen. Because I try and. Uh, there's always loads and there's loads that you just never really hear about. What did you watch? I watched one that's called The Man Who Cheats Death. Which is basically Picture Dorian Gray, the right. Hammer version of it. Right. It was all right. Sure. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I find um, th- I nothing is as scary as the posters when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you go, well, Friday the Thirteenth. They're quite boring, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And uh, Halloween. I like I like Michael Myers as a character, mm-hmm. um, and I like Jamie Lee Curtis, and I like Donald Sutherland. Although, uh, and I probably think that out of the three, they're probably the most consistent. You know, I think that the, the, the bad ones aren't nearly as bad as the bad Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, now, speaking of Rob Zombie and Halloween, mm-hmm. I watched House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah. Because I've always been very scared of that film. I always thought that it's going to be so depraved. Is that the first one or the second one he did? Because the Three from Hell has just come out, and I haven't watched that yet. And The Devil's Rejects was the second one. So it was House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, because Sid Haig just died. Yeah. And um, and and I was just like, right, I've never seen these films, and um, I've always been very scared, especially of Devil's Rejects. I just thought it was going to be so nasty and so mean-spirited that I wouldn't be able to handle it, because, you know... Basically, Rob Zombie is on the side of the psychopaths and serial killers, and he makes these horrible kind of like redneck killers into heroes, right? Uh, it's got Bill Moseley in it. Who's, I think I've seen it. Who's in? Who's in? Like a, he's in um, Army of Darkness, and um, he was chopped up in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, and it's got Sid Haig in it, and uh, it's got Sherry, uh, Cheryl Moon Zombie. 
who is Rob Zombie's wife. Yeah. And it's also got what's his face out of uh, the office. Um, Ray, uh, is it what's his name? Ray, Rain Wilson. Um, yeah. Right. So House of a Thousand Corpses. Interesting film. Sid Haig is absolutely fucking magnetic in it. Right, he is. You just can't tear your eyes off it. Every time he's not on screen, it falls apart. I think. Um, Sid Haig is absolutely incredible, and you just love him. And it's weird because it's a terrible film. I think. Well, it's not a terrible film. Basically, so House of a Thousand Corpses is. I watched it on Halloween. It's basically Rob Zombie remaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. And um, uh, Sid Haig appears in it right at the beginning, and he is just... It's so... Um, oh, this is that word again. It's not derogatory. It's, it's so... Um, it's like once removed from... I'm having an absolute fucking <laughs> meltdown on this word. Um, but it's, it's kind of like... So... It's like a copy of a copy of a copy, so that the quality is really bad, right? Um, he puts in all of this sort of like flashy MTV kind of um, uh, edits, and uh, all of the characters are really sort of like psychopathic, and he, there's no sort of like tension because basically, when Cheryl Moon Zombie is introduced, they do like this flashback of her being all psychotic and like licking a knife and all this other stuff. So you know she's a bad guy so there's no kind of like build up to it. And then it's just so relentlessly unpleasant and kind of like horrible. But the tone of it is really light and sort of like it's a comedy, like it's a pastiche mm. of what they're doing. Uh, um, uh, so it's kind of like a film that I was I was I thought was going to be like too much for me to handle but then when you watch it it's like basically a 15 year old boy has written and directed it and you go it's so immature and childish I remember seeing one of the Rob Zombie films and liking it I can't remember which one I've seen um, it was like the tone of it wasn't at all what you were expecting well, I remember House it being of, quite funny and House quite... of a Thousand Corpses is really sort of like it's very sort of like dark and evil and people are being murdered and all of that stuff but it's so light and fluffy at the same time that you just go this is ridiculous you can't take any of it seriously mm. it's sort of like disposable shit right but within that there is an absolutely career defining performance by Sid Haig mm. and he is incredible in it and he just like elevates the movie like way above what it really have you ever seen Spider Baby uh, no, I've got it on Blu-ray, but I've oh, never seen it. It's, it's worth a go, yeah. Is Sid Hagen yeah, yeah. Is it? Right, okay, I might watch that later then. Um, yeah, so that's great. And then I watched, started watching Devil's Rejects, and it is so uh, relentlessly... Now, the thing is, it's meant to be relentlessly unpleasant, which it is. But to the point that I was laughing at the film because it was literally <laughs> just... I just thought, this is so fucking... What a fucking piece. Of, do you know what I mean? It was just like... It's literally a 15-year-old boy sat in his bedroom that's writing, kind of like, and what could be the worst thing that these characters could do now? And then he does it, and you just like go, oh, fuck it. I just spent the whole film going, grow up, mate. It's fucking... <laughs> I thought it was going to be so relentlessly horrible that I wouldn't be able to handle it. And I just spent the whole... I didn't... I, I, um, I didn't... I, I fell asleep before the ending, so I didn't. I haven't seen the ending yet. But we switched it off. Uh, we were on tour watching it, and we switched it off in the end because it was just like, "This is bollocks." We'd, we'd be better off getting some sleep. Um, uh, yeah, so it was, I was really disappointed with that. That's what I did on Halloween, right? So, hi Nick and Nathaniel Metcalf. Thanks for another five star fan call. 
I've noticed a lot of snack chat lately. Can't wait to visit Max's sandwich shop next time I'm in London. So I wanted to know if there are any discontinued snacks or drinks that you wish could make a okay. return. Uh, tab clear. I loved the Mint Whisper. And there was a short time in 2003 when Pot Noodle released a posh noodle range, which was so delicious, and I think about all the time. Glad you're back. My Monday morning wasn't the same without you, Lewis. Obviously, yeah. Lewis is there uh, working on a time delay. I um, I was always a big fan of the Hubba Bubba drink. Oh, fucking hell. The uh, bubblegum drink. And it was always like a rare, it was quite rare to see it. Like, um, And I also miss the um, non-energy drink, Mountain Dew. Yeah. I think that was absolutely Mountain beautiful. Dew is absolutely fucking... Do you want to... Um, uh, tell you what, this is a this is a little take-home fact. If you can get Mountain Dew and put vodka in it, you've basically yeah. made yourself some limoncello. There we go. There we go. There we go. Hubba Bubba drink, that's it. Hubba Bubba drink, I don't even remember oh, that. Yeah, in that big hell. pink can. Is it chewy? No, <laughs> but it was lovely. It tasted as you'd imagine it would. It tastes like bubblegum. I loved it. Um, hmm. Oh. And there's in a bottle there that looks like... A Hubba Bubba Gin, is that? Looks like yeah. a, a, a lovely pair of buttocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello. hello. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 Tab Clear was disgusting as far as I remember. I remember it being like a sort of weird sort of cola flavoured, but not like a Coke or a Pepsi. I'll tell you what's discontinued that I would fucking pay for. Mm-hmm. Big time was uh, the KFC Rap Star. Oh yeah, that was absolutely fucking one of the most delicious things that KFC. It's the most delicious thing KFC have ever done. It was back in two thousand and eight because I was working in a um, office in Hatfield and there was a KFC down the road. And one lunchtime, I went and got myself KFC Rap Star, and it was the only thing that brightened up my entire week. <laughs> was that one Rap Star that I ate? It was fucking delicious. Oh my god, it was like a hexagonal fucking... Oh, it's so good. It was bacon, uh, chicken breast, cheese, lettuce, and it was all in like a tortilla that was folded over in a hexagon and then griddled, and it was fucking delicious. Oh, I'd like to stick my dick in that. So, hello. Is it... (laughs) Hello. It is nearly nearly Christmas. Christmas. So I'd like to know what you want for Christmas and what are your thoughts on Santa? I'm a fan, personally. He and Satan are my favourites, Bernice. Well, I like Santa. I like Santa. Big Big fan. Big fan of Santa. He's a high card. Um, And uh, Satan... Mm. Bit naughty for me. He's, I think he's the sort of guy that you probably, uh, Bernice, you, you probably think that you, you like, and and you probably think that if you were ever to meet him, that he'd be buddies and you'd hang mm. out. But I can almost guarantee you, he would stitch you up, and uh, you'd you'd spend an eternity in tortured torment. Hi guys, I think there should be a fan club pantomime with you two. Guests and the person Nick shouts at for putting less than five star reviews on screen. What characters would you play? <coughs> um, I would obviously be um, Buttons and Nathaniel would be Twanky. Uh, but happily married Twanky. That's my dream. Yeah, that'd be sad if I was widowed. Uh, I'm going to give today's show 2.5 stars because I'd like Nick to call me a festive cunt. Cheers, Ethel. I don't believe your name is Ethel. Mm. No one's called Ethel. Mm. 20. 
2019. I like it as a name, actually. I was just thinking that. I'm it's going... Nice and Lily Allen's daughter's called Ethel. Is she really? It's coming back. <laughs> I had an auntie called Ethel. Auntie Ethel. Is that the one? I don't think it was my auntie. I think it was my mum's auntie. Hi, Nat and Nick. Uh, oh, Ethel, you're a festive cunt. Hi, Nat and Nick. Have you ever tried finger knitting? <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> I hadn't... Uh, and I was reading it live there, and uh, yeah, I was disappointed by the word knitting. Uh, it seems like something, not for the first time, I've got to say. It seems like something um, you'd be into. seems like uh-huh. something you'd be into. Ha uh-huh. ha, Dirk. Is that your name? <laughs> or is that like a sound effect that you've added at the end? Ha <laughs> ha, Dirk. <laughs> um, that's like, that's a non sequitur, Dirk. Oh, right, oh there we go. Well, I guess we've come to the end of the fan mail section of the show. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, I would give one thumb down. Uh, except for Sid Haig, who I will give two thumbs up. Okay. And uh, Devil's Rejects, ooh, I don't even think I'm going to watch Three from Hell, because I've heard that Devil's Rejects is the best out of the three, <laughs> and Three from Hell isn't as good. And so I'm just not even going to bother. I think, you know, I thought Rob Zombie's Halloween, immature bullshit. Um, and uh, Halloween 2 fucking there's bits in that that I quite liked I don't think I've probably watched it all the way through I had I, I, I had some I know it's not well liked there was a lot about Halloween I remember liking I liked uh, Malcolm McDowell as a mad uh, I thought that was good do you know what it was when he tried to remake the entire first film in 45 minutes yeah, yeah, and he's just like oh why have you done this it was its own thing yeah and then and then you know I don't mind it as a separate entity mm-hmm. You go, fine, that's like a companion piece, right? But I just think, you know, just leave the original alone. And, and I, I don't even, I mean, we're talking about John Carpenter again. <laughs> <laughs> not even thought about it. Um, uh. I, I'm not, but in terms of John Carpenter, it's not, it's not my least favourite John Carpenter <laughs> film, but like, I, don't, I don't find that I go back to the original Halloween that often and go, oh, I love this. It's the thing for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah? Great movie. I'd have Halloween over Assault on Precinct 13. I just think all of his films are good. <laughs> they are good. No, not all of them. Let's not talk Up about John Carpenter. Ah, oh, fuck you, mate. <laughs> I'm going to turn your mic down and I'm going to monologue about him. No, I'm not. going to play a song. What song have you got? Sweet November, Sammy Davis Jr. Of course it is. It is November and it is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Daniel Metcalf's fan club on Foo Radio. And uh, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, uh, I, I apparently, when we were talking about John Carpenter's Halloween, mm-hmm. I said uh, Donald Sutherland and not uh, Donald Pleasance. Oh, no. I feel like a right old dickhead now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've corrected myself, so I've, sorry, sorry, fan clubbers. Uh, I've let you all down. <laughs> we're joined in the studio now by Juliet Sear. Hello, thanks Hello. for having me. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, you're a cake maker. I am a cake maker and, yeah, a food maker, but I do specialise in cakes. And right. I've actually baked some for you today. Uh, I'm right, excited. Uh, we had uh, that sandwich man in a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And, we had someone uh, who makes sandwiches, didn't bring us any sandwiches. Didn't bring oh, any that's sandwiches. rude. We were, it was rude. We, just oh, you was... didn't have Max, did you, the sandwich yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, just I would have thought he would have fed you sandwiches. Absolutely fucking nuts, I thought that was. <laughs> you know, um, well, I'm better than him because I have baked yeah, freshly already. for you this morning. So. This morning? <laughs> yeah, of course. What time yeah. did you get up? 
Um, at six. Oh, wow. Yes, it's quite early. But Do you get up at six o'clock every no, day? No, no, no. Well, I, I like a lie in, but... Um, you got up at six to make us some especially, cakes? Yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, oh no, I, I do love feeding people. Like Your dress is incredible. Thanks. Do you want to borrow it if you like? I, I, would, I, would love, I think uh, that's exactly the sort of thing that if I was to wear a dress, that's exactly the sort oh. of dress that I would wear. It's um, nice and bright, isn't it? And it's good because it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't uh, crease. You can wash it, you don't have to iron it, which... It's beautiful. I mean, that's the same with everything that I wash. That's what you're always looking yeah. for, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not ironing that. Just so the, the <laughs> listeners at home, it's a green leopard print Leopard dress. print dress. No, navy blue uh, leopard print. Oh, is it navy blue? Is I it thought is? it was black. Is is it? It? Oh, it is navy blue, you're right. You think? I think it's navy blue. Oh, good, right. Oh, so like, <laughs> what, what colour is, like, is the dress? Um, it, you know, that thing that was going yes. all the rage three Gal- years ago. Gal- yes. yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so, uh, so tell us a bit about yourself. Well, um, I am... Is that a terrible interview question? <laughs> no, it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Oh, right. uh, well, um, I'm a local resident. I live 10 minutes away from here. Where so, do you live? Um, I just live near, you know, the, the Albion pub. Do you go there, the Albion? Yeah. Just live around there. Oh, right, okay. Um, been living in town for five years. But, um, yeah, I've just been baking for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I work in food. I do all sorts of jobs like food styling. I make, um, do edible art installations and... Oh, what's an edible art installation? Well, just things like I made a three-metre-tall chocolate bunny that we set up outside City Hall. Um, World's first edible Christmas jumper. Where's City (laughs) City Hall? Um, The Mayor's... What, on Upper Street? No, 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 no. you know, yeah, the proper, the big... Oh, right, 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 right. There, and, yeah, my job kind of involves lots of, like, yeah, cooking and eating, writing, I've written a few books. Hang on, on, you're talking too fast now. (laughs) Um, What's an edible jumper? Um, edible Christmas jumper. World's first edible Christmas jumper. So I was what asked. What did you to, use? Um, it was like a biscuit biscuit shell that we managed to sort of like bake and form a kind of like it was like an armor, I guess. Mm. And then it was all decorated okay. with, um, you know, like the rolling icing, like red and green right, and right. white, and then put a little reindeer um, face on it. And um, yeah, it was like the world's first wearable edible Christmas jumper. Have you ever thought about maybe doing that with um, different coloured, uh, la- you know, like uh, strawberry laces and stuff like that, where it's like an actual uh, <coughs> wool? Oh, a knitted one. Yes, knitted um, one. that was that. They were we were going to maybe do one like that to start with, and we did test that because mm. um, I had to sort of like do about three weeks worth of experiments. Um, but in the end, we went down the biscuit. And it was, if it was an edible Christmas jumper, was it then eaten? Um, but it, it, I think bits of it were licked. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. But then no one ate it. They no, went, no. Not anymore, and that's right, the thing, thanks. yeah. Who, who wore it? <laughs> My daughter actually modelled that. Right. Yeah. And it was brilliant, actually, because um, she's, I've got three children. She's the middle one. She's the one that gives me the most lip. And um, it was really good. So you baked her into a biscuit. Yeah, so it was really funny because like, she was stuck in it and she was trying to give me all this attitude, but she couldn't move her hands. So she was just like sort of flipping about like this. So it was great. I wish I could have kept her in it for the rest of her life. <laughs> that's, that's good. You did well. This press release for you describes yourself as a cakeologist. Is that a word you'd use yourself? Um, no, I don't know where that came from. But yeah, I guess I think maybe because my second book is called Cakeology. So is I that because there's a science to it? Be why. You, you do maybe. with like <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah, um, but yeah, it sounds a bit. It's like that Maureen Lipman advert, wasn't it? You've got an ology. 
<laughs> so um, no, yeah, I don't know who invented that, but yeah, I do like specialise in cakes and baking. So um, and I absolutely love my job because I get to do loads of like really fun stuff. Um, I've just got my new show coming out, which is um, obviously shameless plug. Beautiful. Well, it actually no, came out this Sunday. We'll do the plugs now. In, yeah, and shall then we? We'll do them again at the end. Okay. And then we'll have a nice chat. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you've got a TV show on ITV called Beautiful Baking with Juliet here. Yeah. Uh, what day of the week is it? It's that on out? Sunday mornings at 9.30. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch it again at 10.30 and, of course, online. But um, it went out first this week, and I've got episode two coming out on Sunday. Um, and it's a centrepiece episode, and there's a big rainbow cake in it, so I thought I'd bake you some rainbow cakes. That's good. Yeah. How many books have you got? I've got four four books. Four books. Yeah. What's your favourite out of the four? Um, I think it might be my... Um, kawaii cakes book which I've actually bought a copy for each of you oh, it's really cute it's really? all Japanese inspired like cartoony cute and adorable yeah yeah I think that's this is maybe the best maybe you're the best guest we've ever had <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I was just saying about my job because um I love doing sort of um, arty things. And um, have you seen um, the Great British Bake Off? The last two edible, the animated adverts I've with only, the cakes yeah. that did all that. Yeah, so I, I worked on those and oh, things wow. like that. So it's just really fun. Yeah, the, I, yeah, I mean, brilliant. I don't watch Bake Off. I have to say, um, uh, I'm more of a savoury man. I get it. I'm more of a savoury person really? as well. Yes. Have you ended up in cakes? I know. It's weird, isn't it? It is. <laughs> well, she works in food, but she specialises spe- in yeah. cakes. Mm. But the reason she, do you know why? Because she's fucking good at it. She's yeah. really good at cakes. Right? Like me, I'm really good at broadcasting. You know? <laughs> I didn't choose this, it chose me. It was your destiny. It was absolutely my destiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, so, um, right. So, you... Are uh, a food so you prefer savory stuff? Yeah. So okay, okay, right. Now we'll do. We've jumped right in the middle now because we're at your current point in your career, which is now. But how did you get to here? So where are you from? I'm from Leon C in Essex. Right. Can you tell the Essex accent? <laughs> as soon as you mentioned <laughs> it, I went, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, where did you go to school? I went to school, um, well, big school. Yeah. I went to St Hilda's, private school for girls. And I was very naughty and I hated it. <laughs> oh, really? Why'd you hate it? I just, well, my sister's out there laughing. She loved it. Um, oh, really? uh, I just, well, I just used to get really angry and just think, like, why are we, we're at this private school? And um, I used to get really fuming and, like, stand up and say, my parents are giving you all this money and they're, like, um, basically just try and be saving money the whole time and giving you like old books from like 10 years students ago they're all battered and, and that's why you hate it because you really like cross. new books I wanted new <laughs> books not old ones <laughs> no but I just found it really I just I, I think I was just naughty it wasn't like a uh, like a boarding school it wasn't a boarding school no but it was just all for girls I never didn't want to go to it I think first of all my parents kind of forced me to go to it because I wanted to go to the good school that all my friends went to that had boys in it mm. um, so that was just a bit annoying and then um yeah, I mean, I didn't completely hate it, but I was just a bit naughty, really. Sure. I was standing outside the uh, classroom. <laughs> because you had just been being... sent out? Yeah. Yeah. You never found your way in. No, not <laughs> really. <laughs> okay, and then, so, what did you do after school? So, after school, I, yeah, I hated it. Not in the evenings? Oh, yeah, not in, not in the <laughs> evenings. Um, well, I, I said to my mum and dad, um, I refused to do any more education because I was cross with being sent to that school. So, I said, I'm not going to college, not going to university. So, um, I just um, worked for a year and saved up money, and I just went out to... Um, 
be a surf windsurfer in Lanzarote for a couple of years. Oh wow! Yeah, Is that a job? Worked, yeah, well, no, it wasn't. Yeah, just like <laughs> for fun. And then I just worked in loads of bars and pubs and restaurants. I used to um, cook in all the kitchens in lots of. So that's where I kind of like got into cooking. And how old were you when you were doing all that? Like between sixteen and nine, sixteen to nineteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and how many brothers and sisters have you got? I've got I've got my sister Nancy out there, and I've got and I've d- I do have a brother Philip, but he sadly passed away. But he. But it's fine. Right. <laughs> he would laugh. He would yeah, laugh. Yeah, no, no, he, he, yeah. So it's just three of us. Right. Yeah. And so you were in Lanzarote until you were 19, and then you worked in a load of kitchens and yeah. you started cooking. And then that is where your love of food came from, or did you always love food? I mean, I've always loved food. I've always cooked since I was really little. Um, Why did you start cooking? I just, I, I think I'm just um, a massive pig. I just love <laughs> <laughs> I just love eating. It's my favourite thing, probably one of my favourite things to do. And um, my mum was actually a really good cook. She doesn't bother so much now, but she was really good. And she'd always cook from scratch. And I just found it interesting. So I think from the age of about sort of like eight, nine, I'd, you know, could make basic things. And then I used to, um, like, cook a big roast dinner, like, from about the age of 11. And I just loved cooking. Um, but I was rubbish at baking, I remember. Okay. Um, but then I kind of, um, yeah, eventually wanted to have my own like bars, restaurants, pubs, that sort of thing. And I was working in Leon C. I was like managing this like cafe bar, um, and then event- and then met my husband. And um, then, long story short, I had George. And um, so when I was at home, I was just doing massive dinner parties and just cooking. And it's George, one of your my, kids. Yeah, it's my first, right, yeah, my sure. firstborn. Um, he's going to be twenty-two next week. Um, and um, so I just kind of like was cooking at home and I did a massive party for him and um, did a cake. And I really just enjoyed doing the cake and, and I just got into it by accident. Yeah, so that's what happened. So that was it. it. You made a birthday cake and you went and everyone went. Yeah, it's and it a was great quite cake. good. Yeah, and I just because I had three kids under three, so I was at home. I wasn't like working for a few years and I just would like do like, and I just got into it. I liked the kind of craft side of it. Um, and I was just a bit of a geek, and there was no YouTube or anything like to, to learn. I just got got some. So where did you get a recipe from? So I just get those cra- crappy like novelty cake books, like your Jane Asher or you know your rubbish. I've got a couple of Jane Asher. Yeah, Asher I mean, books. not saying she's crappy. I mean, I've got. Yeah. A, oh, do you know what? I'll find. A, I've got a picture of me with Jane Asher, and it's one of my favourite. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got a picture of Jane Asher as well. Um, not now. You said <laughs> she was crappy. No, but she's not we're, crappy. We're, but we're you know. we'll <laughs> I've got a Jane Asher cake book, but I've also got a Jane Asher fancy dress book. Oh, I've, I remember that. that one? It was brilliant it's got like all like uh, i mean at the time it didn't mean that much to me but then when you look at it now and all the pictures they're all of her celebrity friends so it's her oh, with like they? edward fox and terry jones and they're all like she's oh. forcing her friends to come over and wear fucking fancy dress that fancy dress book is fucking it's brilliant incredible. i bet my mum's still got that book because i used to just sit there and just like flick through it constantly and i think she might have even made like a couple of the outfits for us but it was brilliant, wasn't it? And I used to love those like novelty books. So, yeah, that's how I learned to do my baking from books like that. I just really remember my... So I, I really love cooking. Do you? And the reason I started cooking was because my... Um, my mum is a good cook, but she never cooks. Uh, hardly ever. Unless you force her to. And I think it's a big compliment to say, Mum, can you make me that thing? Yeah. But she always acts like it's a massive pain in the ass. <laughs> and then my dad is kind of like... Um, he does the majority of the cooking, but he basically eats to live. 
Yeah, I know what so you mean. So it's like yeah. fuel. Yeah. And so you kind of like, you eat it, but there's not like that. It doesn't extra. have joy from it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and if he's listening, then I've told you this to your face, but his bolognese is incredibly watery. <laughs> you're just like, you know, are, are you, he hasn't drained the pasta. Or, oh, or, God. The, or he hasn't boiled the bolognese down enough. But does it, does it, when you're finished, is there like a little soup in the bottom, a little broth? It's just this watery mean, sort yeah. of like stuff slushing around. And so I really, I, 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 I learned quite early on that if I really wanted to eat something nice, like nice then I would make. And then it became the thing where, because I've got high standards, they would go, well, you do the cooking then. Yeah. And then from quite a young age, I started cooking. My, oh, that's my, interesting. My grandparents were like, or my uh, nan, nanny is what we called her. Sure. Wasn't that an actual nanny? Was your real nanny? As soon as you say it out loud, you kind of like my family are weird. Like weird. It's like Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, she was a dinner lady, and then years later, I was a dinner lady. What um, were you at school? Yeah. You had to be a dinner lady. Was that yeah. what was that like? Um, it was all right. I gave like extra potato smileys to the good to, to the nice children. To the good kids, yeah. Oh, brilliant! That's a really good yeah. way of getting revenge, isn't it? Like yeah. reliving your. They were, like, they, there were some real horrible kids, so they didn't get as many. Good. But, then the, <laughs> but, but then the, ni- the nice ones would get like a kid, an extra potato smiley each. So that was good. Um, yeah, so that's 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 why I like to cook. It. What's your favourite thing to cook? A paella. Oh, nice. A paella. Lovely. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, um, uh, no. Well, there's a thing because um, I learned this recipe recently where you have um, you get like pork shoulder, and then you slow uh, cook it for like a long, 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 long time on like a low heat. But um, and then when you eat it, it just falls apart. But I think that instead of using pork shoulder, you use gammon. Oh, do you? And it's, oh my god! It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> I don't eat gammon anymore. I've been vegetarian for five years now. Oh, so. well, but, use but a you enjoy you, you enjoy your gammon. I can understand where Yeah, right. Okay. So, so okay, right. You're okay. So, you're probably going to say the same thing. Go on. I was going to say, it's established that you are now good at baking, <laughs> making cake. Yeah. But now yeah. you've got an ITV show about baking yes so something's happened in between oh yes yes I, I suppose some things have happened in between yeah um and the really exciting thing about this show is that i'm doing savory things which is really good as well okay. as sweet stuff um but yeah so hang on you can't just jump from lanzarote to so yeah so you went that's from, what i'm saying so yeah, you're now so what, so, then what, so, what happened in between yes. after i had popped out three kids yeah and then you started make, making cakes yeah so pop um, had three children um, and then um, I like lots of my friends were like, "Oh, that can you make a cake for me? Can you make a cake?" So I started just having a little home business, um, just doing cakes from home and catering. And then um, I'm one of those people that's got, I've got a lot of energy, so the, I'd sort of put the kids to bed and be up till like two or three in the morning watching watching Most Haunted and doing cake orders and things. So I just loved um, sort of making cakes. And eventually, I set up like a little home business, and then. Um, once Ruby got but to... But before you had a business, you were doing cake orders. Yeah. So like, well, people just, just like say, just can you make us a cake? Yeah. And what would you do? You'd charge them for time yeah, just char- and yeah, ingredients? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like the kids were all at nursery and I'd do it for like the nursery school or friends and family. Sometimes I just wouldn't charge people, of course, you know, but um, not charging a lot, but just was kind of... Was there a point though when you were doing it where there was a thing where you went, 
who was the first person you charged? Do you oh know God, what I mean? Yeah. Because there must have been a point where you were like, Fuck I want this. some money for this. Actually, I do remember the first person I charged now. You've said that, and I've not thought, but that was someone from Ruby's Nursery School that wasn't really a friend. It was like a person, like a connection. I bet they were and chancing like, their arm, weren't they? Well, oh, yeah. cakes are nice. <laughs> they ordered two cakes, and they, they, they were. Yeah, they, Did they uh, offer to They spent pay? quite a lot, actually. That, that was, yeah. What, how I made that... Maisie the Mouse one for them and, and um, Clifford the Dog. Clifford the Big Red Dog. So it's not, red dog, it's yeah. not just that... Right so, right, so there's two things here, isn't yeah. there? There is the quality of the cake, you know, and then there is the design. Yeah. Yeah. So is the quality of the cake... Forget the design. Is the quality of the cake exceptional? Definitely, hundred percent. There's no point otherwise, is there? That's what I can't I think. stand it when you get one of those. It's awful literally like, the icing oh, on the yes, cake, isn't yes, it? The yes. That's all it is. That's all it is. Someone gave me an R two D two cake. Just understood. It was terrific. That. I've just was it? Just, just like a kind of like dry it. lump of like. It was. It was the shape of R two D two. Yeah. Inside, it was. You know, it's like a sort of. Like a hard sponge. Yeah, no. Oh no. Well, it's like when the um, what's that? What's that? Like extreme baking cake, American cake thing. That, cake that, boss. Is that this cake boss? There's another one where they kind of but everything they make out of solid icing, yeah. and then there's like wood in there, yeah. and then you go like, <laughs> that's not a fucking cake. If you can't put a knife all the way through it and cut yourself a slice, it's not a cake. I agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my things. Like when I first started my um, bakery, because I had a bakery for ten years. Um, I was very much into. I didn't like things that were on wires. Mm. I didn't like, you know, all of that. I wanted cakes to look amazing, but be able to be like fully edible. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's really important. You'll have to do a taste test can in a minute. You, can you give us a fucking cake, please? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to broach that, but that's, that's whole, how you did there's, it. There's a whole box each. <laughs> oh my oh god. god. Should, I, should I be mother? Oh yes, my please. god. Yeah. Oh my <sighs> god. <sighs> <sighs> Shall I come around? Shall I come no, 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 pass no, it through? No, no. No, don't come off the microphone. Just pass oh, me. Oh, pass like me the you pot. do it. You do it because I'm going to knock all over your equipment. What are they? This is a very simple, basic vanilla sponge. So, but, um, and what's this icing? It's just it's just vanilla buttercream, but I've done like a rainbow um, effect it on it. It looks like unicorn hair. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got it's got a, a swirl, which has got a. I'd say pastel shades, pastel yeah. shades of different colours. Oh. It's kind of like in a watercolour effect, isn't it, where it's blended? <laughs> <laughs> Julia, Go on. If you wouldn't mind just talking into the microphone for the next 33 minutes. Yeah, no that'd problem. Be, that'd be lovely. <laughs> and then we're out. That's, that's good. Hang on, let me have her. Go on. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> mm. You're saving the buttercream in your beard for later? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. I love... I love, I love um, Feeding people, I love that's. I just love it when people, well, eat, you know, enjoy I, the food. I love to be fed. Good. <laughs> Wait, there's another. There's another twenty-two here for mm. you to polish off. Great. Have we got what any really reckon? long songs so we can just put them there? <laughs> Anything? Have you, you have you done any baking before? Only when I was a kid, and yeah. I don't think I was. Well, I'm sure I was probably fine at it, but it's not something I've kind of continued. Yeah. Who's coming in? Who's coming in? <laughs> I think people are coming in to try and steal things. This is incredible. The icing. What do you reckon? It is. Yeah. It's so light. Oh, thank you. It I've really got a top, is. a top tip for getting my bus cream mm. suit. <laughs> You've gone into a kind of like trance. Top tip for getting your buttercream really light and fluffy is add boiling water to it, like quite a lot as well, and then whip it up, mm. and it really lightens it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm really glad oh. about that. <laughs> it's so light. 
Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, this is really good feedback. Mm. I mean, do you want another mm. one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I mean that's so good because what happens a lot of the time is that the icing is so dense and sickly and mm. thick. Mm. Yeah, or it can be really crunchy when you get all those crystals when it goes a bit, you know, when it goes a bit I hard. I don't mind the crunchiness so don't much, you? but um, but this is so light. It tastes so, like it feels like you could have fifteen. Yeah, you can. It's like a great. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a cloud. Oh, it is. And yeah. the cake is delicious. Thank you. Mm. Oh, it's worth. My favourite bit is the mm. cake. I think. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm not huge like like mm. obviously being more savoury. I would mm. probably not have that much icing. But my mum used to make, um, I think we got the recipe off the side of um, maybe like chocolate granules. Oh, yeah, like sprinkles. No, like uh, like um, uh, like hot chocolate granules oh, yeah. or whatever it was. And there was like a recipe on the side of that. My mum used to make like really nice chocolate cake for my <laughs> for my sister's birthday. And I used to wake up in the night and go down and just like cut off like a sliver. You didn't, you know, but like a tiny. You just, like, just so you wouldn't know. Just a little bit off the side, and then it'd be like, then you'd even it up. Oh and yeah. Like, <laughs> by the end of it, there'd be like, <laughs> like one small wedge of cake left. Oh god! <laughs> I bet she was fuming. Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth every bite. And what is the icing? This is just a simple buttercream, so it's just um, butter and sugar, loads of vanilla bean paste, um, and boiling water. Yeah. Tastes That's delicious. it. Thank you. Do you know what? Now you said it, though. Yeah. That is what it tastes like. Look, and what is that? <laughs> and what it feels, it, it, it's, it's you're eating pure butter and sugar. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong That's with that. That's it, yeah. Do you, I'll tell you what my favourite cake is mm-hmm. now. I used to hate it, but I love rich fruit cake. Um, and I make a, It's a Christmas cake that I do. And it's really nice because it's like a cross between a Christmas pudding and a, and a c- cake. And it's got loads of brandy and loads of vodka in it. And it goes really well on a cheese board. Okay. And it's, oh, it's delicious. So, so you mix it with savoury stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So what were your opinions on these cakes? I haven't tried one yet, but I know they'll be brilliant. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I haven't eaten one, but I just, I didn't want to, I only made so 24 po- and I didn't want to ruin the look of the boxes. I also I thought you can share them with share them or not. Oh, no, I thought so. No, how are you doing out there? Enjoying yourself? Okay. Hmm. Can, you br- can you bring a napkin in? <laughs> oh my god, oh. that's so delicious. Oh, thank you. Mm. And you've had some celebrity people. Where's your, where's your shop? Where's your oh. shop? Well, I had a shop for nearly ten years. You don't have one. Now. No, no, I'm so glad. Oh, Too much got rid of that. Bloody nightmare, yeah. Like, it did my head in. Like, I couldn't go on holiday without having someone ringing me about a bridezilla and stuff like that. So, mm. it was good while it lasted. Um, and that's how I got my first book deal, I guess. But, um, so, if I, I wanted to eat one of your cakes, I'd have to get one of your books and learn how to make it myself. You would, or just or just be my friend. <laughs> okay. I Please. Wanna, I, I want to be your friend. <laughs> but I want to be your friend anyway, not because of the cakes. Aww. I love baking for people. I, I'm obsessed with sourdough at the moment, so I'm always like just baking that and giving it to neighbours and things. But I do bake friend, bake cakes for friends if they ask me, but I yeah, I don't I do don't it very really, often. I don't, thank you very much. I don't really get sourdough. What? I don't get it. Why? I mean, what's what's so nice about sourdough? Have you ever eaten it? Mm. <laughs> well, it's just the sort of like, if you try a good one, it's just... 
First of all, it's really natural. It's naturally fermented, and it's much easier it's to. Quite to dense, though. Really. No, it shouldn't be dense. It should what have am a I lot. Eating? Right, I'm going to ba- I'm going to bring you one because I only live around the corner. And I'm going to bake you one, and then and then I'll ask you what you if it's what do you think about sourdough because sure. a good sourdough you can't beat it. I think. Do you like bread in general? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to make you one. I do like bread. I'm not sure about sourdough. Oh yeah. Oh, so you live local? Have you ever been to the Pig and Butcher? Yes. Uh, so they do sort of sourdough. They oh, do. but you're vegetarian. Yeah, so. with the beef dripping, you're going to say, aren't you? Because oh. I, I, yeah, yeah. When I first moved. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I used to have it with butter and beef dripping. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So you butter the. Yeah. Is that sourdough then? Yeah. I quite like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's a good one. It's, yeah. So, so, you, but, so it comes with sourdough and then it's uh, yeah, Warm. butter or beef dripping. Uh, it comes with both, but you're, I think you're meant it's warm, choose, isn't it? It's, but it's fucking. Oh, I didn't choose. I'd you don't say both. choose. You put butter on the bread and then you dip it in the beef dripping, and, and then, then you put you... sea salt on top. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't eat that now. But that's fine. But mm. I, I do not. Yeah. When we first moved into the area, we used to go there. Mm. Um, but no, it's good in there. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Where's my favourite food place around here? Um, obviously, the Albion's nice. That's part. They own. They're part of the Pig and Butcher now. Um, the Albion. No, I have been to the Albion, but I'm just trying to struggle. Where is the Albion? It's on. It's on Thornhill Road. You know, uh, you've got Drapers oh, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah the Albion. Oh, sure. It's, it's okay. just a bit. Bu- it gets think, a bit busy with like tourists. And yeah, they. Oh, well, they've been. Hmm, they've been quite rude to <gasps> me and my family. They haven't a few times. I, I man, who would be fuming? Mm. The manager. No, so no, I know what you mean. You I can. It's a bit hit to, miss. The They've pissed you this, off. Was it the? Is it the Crown? That's our local. Yeah, we love the Crown. That's a little bit further up. Yeah, right? uh, the Crown's the Crown's really good, and I really love the actual pub in there. Yeah, it's brilliant. And isn't the food it? there is really nice. Oh, Toby will be over the moon. Yeah, both two of our kids um, have worked there on and off as well. So, yeah, we're a part of the furniture there. Probably there too too often. Um, the, uh, the Albion, I feel like they know that they're good, and then they that there's an attitude. I that get, comes I with get it. what you're saying. But the Pick and Butcher, I think, is um, just a really, really good pub. I yeah. did a, I did a food show, and uh, that was one of the first places did that you? we went to. What yeah. food show did you do? It was called Eat Your Heart Out with Nick Helm, and it was on Dave. I've seen it. Have you? I've seen it. Yeah. Um, Why is that you, the first did thing you, that you hang mentioned on, did when you, you see did you, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you went to the Crown as well, didn't you? No. Or was there more than one of you? Was there you and other people in it? Uh, there was me and guests, but it oh, wasn't. Maybe. So I don't think you have seen it. Oh, I think. Um, <laughs> no. I think. I think uh, you'd have gone. Hey, you're the guy off of uh, Eat Your Heart Out. I have to watch it again. Had. Watch it online. Uh, yeah. I went to the Pig and Butcher with Bob Mortimer. Did you? And. Um, that's that's where we filmed. I remember filming Paul Whitehouse uh, walk by. Oh, brilliant! Uh, but it was actually accidental. What should I say? Right? Brilliant. <sighs> sort of. That's sort of rubbish, accidental. wasn't it? No, no, that was great. That's absolutely no. great. <laughs> no, we're all big fans of what you just did there. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lives around there, doesn't he? Because we always see him walking about in uh, Sainsbury's Paul, and Paul stuff. Paul Whitehouse used to be friends with my neighbour. Well, is friends with my neighbours, but I don't live there anymore. Oh. I live on Holloway Road now. Oh. But um, oh, yeah, anyway, so there's loads of really good places to eat around here. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so oh, hungry. Yeah. Do you want another one? <laughs> no, I feel. Do you like need something savoury now? I need something. Yeah. To, it was. Do you want it is delicious though. I'll have one in a, in a minute, bit. Yeah. I might have one when it's when it's all done. Okay. And then I'll have them all. <laughs> um, so hang on, you've had you've given cakes to various celebrities. Oh right, yeah. So I we, have. We've looked at your list of people that you've cooked for. 
plagued for. They're probably not all on. Well, yeah. Is there a press releasey thing? Yeah. yeah. I but, wrote. Um, but you you made a cake for Brian Adams. I did. He was really lovely as well. So you get to you got to and oh, yeah. Ian McKellen and Brian Adams. Oh, Ian McKellen. Yeah. I mean uh, that I. With Ian McKellen, it was through our son George, because George was in Waiting for Godot as the boy. So we were kind of, like, around when it was his... Was that um, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart? Yeah, yeah. So George was in that then. Um, Ian McKellen was so lovely to him, but... Yeah, Would so you like a cake, Patrick Stewart? Watch this. Make a dough. Yeah, well, yeah, OK. <laughs> you don't have to laugh. Oh, she did nice. it. She did. Yeah. Uh, so you oh, don't want good. a cake then, you want some bread. Make it dough. And then what would Ian McKellen say? You sound like a gaggle. I can only do the one line. Yeah, it's fine. You sound like a gaggle of schoolgirls. There you go. There you go. Ian McKellen. Uh, Ian McKellen Patrick's and Patrick's chair. Yeah. You've met Ian McKellen. It is the same, yeah, is it? Exactly, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same. Make it. Yeah, actually, I love doing those cakes for Ian McKellen because he How many really cakes cried. did you make him? He cried? Yeah. Is it not what he wanted? No, <laughs> no because um, <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> no, but it was really emotional. Like, because that's the thing when you're doing cakes for someone. Quite often, it might be a point, like a you know, like a sort of decade, a special decade or something. Mm. But um, so I chatted with all the theatre um, people about what we'd make, and I did like a really a giant nice... cock. <laughs> I, that's what, I made a giant cock for Nick Grimshaw. A giant cock cake. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. What um, no, what it was. Um, I did a. Like, no uh, wonder he cried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're terrible. Um, but yeah, no, big loads of tears of like cakes with um, all individual pictures from his whole life, like all the plays he'd been in, like pictures of him on screen, things that he loved and he liked. And there's some pictures of him, um, his mum and stuff from when he was tiny, and he was really crying. And it was printed oh. on ice. Yeah, yeah. And then there was yeah. So, you could eat an so old they, picture of his mum. How do you do that? How do I've you... got an edible printer. Yeah, Hello, it's really good. Yeah, you've got yeah. edible everything, edible printers, edible jumpers. Yeah, I know. I love anything can be edible. I mean, yeah, yeah. So that was last. So they're actual photographs. Yeah, they're just photographs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did someone eat in McKellen's mum? <laughs> I don't know, cake. actually. He probably saved it. Probably, he's probably still got it. What's yeah. my mother? <laughs> <laughs> mother. Yes, mother. No, mother. Uh, so Mick, Jack and Mick me is, yes. Derek Jacoby. Derek Jacoby. Yes, uh. <laughs> right, OK. So Ian McKellen cried. What did uh, Brian Adams do? Uh, my sister was a massive Brian Adams oh, fan really? uh, in the 90s. And uh, he was the first uh, uh, person I went to see in concert. Oh, really? Mm. 1992. Wow, he's been he's been around a long time, hasn't he? He certainly has. He has. Um, well, I gave I did a cake for him, and it was um, I made an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but and this was quite a while ago. It must have been like over ten years ago. Um, and he was vegan, so this was. Did kind you of know a, that? Yeah. So um, they said it has to be vegan. So obviously, maybe it was even more than ten years ago. So vegan baking was quite tricky then. Um, so I did like a, a normal cake and then a separate vegan one because for doing like something like a sculpted mm-hmm. guitar, you it's it was too tricky mm. but he was really really grateful and he was so what, he, he, he just, came to find me and was like thank you and then we had a picture it was all exciting so could he what was it the neck that was he could eat a vegan. separate bit yeah. yeah yeah would you say and without and it's not it's not it's not political right. but would you, would you say that you could eat a vegan cake and not know the difference would you be um, like do you think there's a you are sacrificing something you know? to have a vegan cake well um 
I would say it's got so much better now. There's a couple of recipes I make that I think um, that, yeah, people wouldn't... If you didn't say they were vegan, people wouldn't know. It's just I've got a really gorgeous ultimate uh, chocolate fudge cake. And uh, the test that I do is give it to my husband because he, he eats meat and stuff and, like, he would be very critical. And the, the, the chocolate cakes you can't tell. And I've got a really lovely um, cinnamon, like, uh, Biscoff-style one that's really great texture. It's really light and fluffy. And you wouldn't know. But, yeah, some vegan baking isn't... I mean, you do have to kind of... Yeah. You're, you're making I mean, a sacrifice better. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Someone made a cake, a honeycomb cake, uh, when we were filming our third series of Uncle. Someone bought in a vegan cake, and it had honeycomb in it, and it was grey for some reason. Grey? Not the cake, the icing was. Oh. It was one of the nicest cakes I've ever eaten. Yeah. Um... And it wasn't like you go, oh, vegan, but it was a surprise, actually. You go, what, this is vegan? Yeah, because you know it's mean? really good. Yeah, mm. now, like, yeah, 10 years ago it was tricky, but now it's so much better. Like, all three of my kids are vegan now, so I had to start really experimenting about five years ago, and I've got a couple of really, like, top recipes. But, um, like, you can even make the meringue, can't you, with the aquafaba and stuff now, which is brilliant. I don't know what aquafaba is. Aquafaba, you know, the chickpea juice. Okay. Yeah, so you can just whip it up and make an amazing meringue with it. I mean, it's really not the hindrance it used to be being vegan. I mean, you know, I think yeah, it's years just, ago it would it's be just, hard. It's it's easier and more convenient not being vegan, but in actual fact, in terms of flavour and what you get to eat, there's no real sacrifice anymore. I don't no. think it's brilliant. Like now, have you? Um, well, have you been to America? I'm sure you have. I've been. Yeah. Have you tried the Impossible Burger? Not recently. I mean, I've been to America any time recently. Oh, God, it's amazing. What, it's incredible. Why is it impossible? Well, it's called um, the Impossible Burger. I think it came out a few years ago. And um, it's so close to, like, just a normal beef burger patty. So I think when they started um, sort of testing it, they just put a load of, like, burger vans around and um, sort of, like, outside, you know, building yards and very, like, gas works and things and were just... Ha- like selling burgers just to see if anyone realised it wasn't meat and they didn't couldn't tell. Um, they've got a new version out now, but every time I go to America, I eat about four or five of them because I really love junk food, and that's one thing I do miss. Like a really sort of like saucy, fatty, mm-hmm. juicy burger, and um, it's really good. What do you think about those burgers that have got like beetroot juice in them that look like they bleed? That's what this one is like. The, it was the right. that was the first one. It's got something in it called heme, which is from a plant which carries like. Um, it's haemoglobin and stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's good. I think if you, like, it depends what reason you are not eating meat for. Like, some people just hate the texture of meat. They don't like the taste of meat. They think it's gross. But for me, I'm, I'm doing it just for, like, I feel sorry for the animals and stuff. So, But I did really love a burger. Like, mm-hmm. if there was a Petri dish burger that hadn't done any harm to it, I would eat it. Right. So I quite like those burgers that are kind of like the, ble- mm. the bleeding ones. Right. I think they're nice. I find with veggie sausages now, you might as well have a veggie sausage. Exactly, because there's not that much meat in... Well, yeah. there isn't a good quality pork sausages, but, yeah, some of them are amazing, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. It, it doesn't really... I you think can't you tell can, the difference. Yeah. Also, my favourite sausages are not the uh, gourmet sausages. Do you like the crappy, like, Moore's like the, ones yeah. and stuff? I yeah. Like, I like shitty bangers. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, they're the best. And then what you do is you bake a whole tray of them, and then you just eat them all in one afternoon. Fucking one piece of bread, Mm -hmm. just like you know, just like standard white bread. Yeah, butter. Yeah, sausage in the middle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. wrap it round like that, and then you got yourself a little fucking hot dog. (laughs) 
Fucking. Actually, you're gonna like you're gonna like something. That's my recipe. I've got um, a recipe you're gonna love. Then that's coming up on my show. It's it's a um, pigs in blankets, like a hot dog wreath, and basically, yeah, and it's because vegan or vegetarian like hot dogs they taste identical don't they and you basically have pizza dough and you cut loads of strips of it and then you splodge it in like mustard and wrap them all up and then you put them inside like um, a cake tin and sort of one with a hole in and then like do a big ring and build it up and like loads and loads of um, these hot dogs in pizza dough and then you bake it and it's like one massive wreath and it's like tear and share so you can just tear off these like little hot dogs in bread and then you've got a little hole in the middle so you can put your dips. Oh, my God. It's really fun. Oh, yeah. my <laughs> God. Um, uh, uh, are we going to play your favourite song? Or have we got time? We've got 15 minutes. Yeah, we're going to play your favourite song. Brilliant. Then, so what's your favourite song? Um, I think I've chosen, well, one of my many favourite songs, um, Nothing from A. Hello, we're back, and I'm talking on the phone. I mean, we were literally just talking about... Uh, there we go, and we're back. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about your tour, how long you've been doing your... Uh... But I, 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 yeah, but I wasn't... I didn't bring it up. No, you, I was you, asking you. you I, asking. I was finding <laughs> it fascinating, so I was saying, when I met that guy, we were that listening to your favourite song, <laughs> I decided to lecture you on uh, what an amazing job I'm doing uh, as a comedian on tour. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you were telling us how you'd met... Uh, food bars, Joey Page. Yes, I've, yeah, because I, um, yeah, I met him at, um, went to an event about um, fibre and things. It was all about having enough fibre in your diet so you have. It was good, an event about fibre and doing well, shits hosted well, by Joey Page. Well, no, he, yeah, he was comparing it, but it was what it was about fibre and you know how important it is having fibre in your diet. But yeah, a, that you is know. the sort of job that I would turn down. <laughs> Just so, so you know, you know, a bit good for Jerry <laughs> about having good, good shit. Yeah, that well, wasn't the doing? only thing. Um, I, I we had to answer to have quizzes about like fibre and poos and all sorts, but it was just to raise awareness about um, how, like, you know, not getting cancer and but mainly about having good shits because yeah. that's the kind of indicator. What's, what's, of, what's a good one? Well, I mean, you, everyone knows what a good one is, don't they? I don't know. I'm not sure I do now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying hard enough. <laughs> Maybe I need to get. A are you having, I have enough, a word are you having enough fibre? I guess I am. That's good. It, I mean, <laughs> well, you don't know. Oh, well, you should check out my Instagram page. Fucking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh well, good for Jerry. <laughs> anyway, so uh, good. So, what's your favourite film? Oh God, I think. My favourite film would probably have to be The Time Bandits. Really? Like, really? if I had to choose, because I was thinking about this before I came, because like, it's so hard to choose a favourite film, isn't it? Yeah. But I think that's one that I was, oh, I just loved it, and I'd watch it over and over and over and over again. Mm, no, do you know what? That's a really interesting pick. Yeah, and I think I that's a good, really put, good answer. I would have not put you down to that, but I think that you've been very surprising. Oh. And in a good way. Good. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Yeah. I've never got all the way through time. Oh, you're joking. Never. Love it. Never done love it. That's brilliant, isn't it? Also, I think... I like 12 Monkeys and I like Brazil. Time Bandits, I'd I'd say, is in my top 30 films. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Absolutely. And it also has one of the bleakest endings of any film I can think of. I've just seen the ending. I've seen the beginning. and I I know how it ends, but like... I mean, I've never got all the way through it. I just loved it. it Not had, in one go. Had so many, like, I mean, I was, I was, I think it came out like 
I mean, I was only about sort of six or seven when it was out, I think. But um, but I just loved it. I think it used to just like I was mesmerised by it. It was like quite um, sad, wasn't it? Kevin and everything like his yes. mum and dad and everything. Like, just with the watching the game shows and stuff. But um, I just loved it that he was sort of like you know these the group of the time bandits that kind of came in through his wardrobe, didn't they? And, and then they'd like go travelling all around and find themselves in these different places. But when I look back on it now, there were so many amazing actors in that oh, film. Yeah. I just like had Michael Palin, didn't it? John Cleese and like loads of like top actors. One of them, one of the stories I like about apparently when they wrote the script, in it, it says something like when he removes his mask, it goes, it's it's a Hollywood star like someone like they put someone like Sean Connery but cheaper. And then apparently when they're making it, they're going. Why don't we ask Sean Connery yeah. to do it? No, okay, he won't do it. It's like a, it's almost like a cameo. It's yeah. like, and he just was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Yeah, I, mean, I really like in the script. It's like yes. someone like Sean Brilliant. Connery, but cheaper. <laughs> yes, I'll do it. Is he here? I'll do it. See McKellen again. Yeah, McKellen. He's yeah. in it. He's not in it. I don't think. Try <laughs> losers. Try winners. Go home and fuck the prom queen. Personally, I think you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> That's um, two quotes from The Rock. Oh, I, I went to see that film. That's the first film I went to see with my husband when we were oh, dating. Rock. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we went to see it at Lakeside. I remember we had a really good snog outside it. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But, yeah, but went to see The Rock. I think you're allowed yeah. to say. Why is there yeah, someone else? That, it, that reminds me. And now whenever I see The Rock, it reminds me of going on that first that first movie I ever saw. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's but a, that was quite good, that film, wasn't it? I thought it was a great film. I think it's, a, it's Michael Bay's only good film. <laughs> It's a really, I think, it, but and it's a really good film. Nicolas Cage is great in it. Yeah. Sean Connery's great in it, and I like watching it and going, "Oh, it's like Sean Connery got. Uh, it's like James Bond got put in prison. Yes. And uh, now years later, he's escaped, and then he's yeah. That's that's the way. That, it's like an alternate James Bond history, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's such a good film. Ed Harris is good. Sympathetic bad guy. Michael Bean in it. And a non, sorry, I'm so boring. <laughs> non, non. Do you one of those people that knows all facts about every sort of movie? Like, because I'm terrible. My memory's not that good, so I kind of like. Womack, that fucking asshole. <laughs> that's um, that's another quote from uh, The Rock. He said something like that. The, the CIA guy is called Womack. I remember that. Try losers, try winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Hi. And then Nicolas Cage loves the Beatles in it. Yes, he does. It's nice. My only complaint about it is that so much happens before they get to Alcatraz. There's like this huge like Humvee chase through San Francisco, and you go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's it's like it's just it's loaded so much with action that. But yeah. it's one of the only coherent films that Michael Bay's made. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a good answer. Yeah, good, good. good. Have you ever been to Alcatraz? Never. I went there recently. It's is it good? It's creepy, obviously, but it was it's something you've got to go and experience. I think. Yeah. And what was I your liked experience? All the birds. Well, just it was just um, it's like kind of very eerie, and um, but just the island and everything, and seeing how it was like the camps, the way it was set out with all the kind of offices and stuff. While and you're there, do you plot your escape? Do you no, think how you would do I was it? Just, I was just more obsessed with going to find little nests of little birds everywhere. Like I've got all these like little birds on the island, like make little nests and. Cute. Well, famously, a lot of the prisoners made best friends with the birds, didn't they? Uh, oh, yes. They've been in every single yeah. prison movie since. Uh, prisoners and birds go <laughs> together, hand in wing. 
<laughs> that is such a hard question, though. What's your favourite movie, isn't it? It is a really it hard is. question. It is. You could come up with loads, though. Yeah. Uh, one doing, for different occasions. I yeah. always disappoint myself because it's always like, I go, Army of Darkness, but I also like Royal Tenenbaums, but I haven't watched the Royal Tenenbaums enough for it to be my favourite film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It would probably have to be John Carpenter. John Carpenter's well. the thing. Um, Clash of the Titans. Well, we've got to play a game now. Oh, yes. And this game is oh, called... Oh, hang on. What's the oh. button? Um. <coughs> this game is called Better or Worse. Yeah. And you have to say whether the next person is better or worse than the person before, based entirely on my own opinions. Okay. So, essentially, it's a pure guess. But, <laughs> starting with Julianne Moore, is Demi Moore better or worse than Julianne Moore? Worse. She is worse. Um. Is Roger Moore better or worse than Demi Moore? Better. Better, yeah. Better. Is Christian Bale better or worse than Roger Moore? Worse. Better. Worse. Oh. Is Christian Slater better or worse than Christian Bale? Worse. Worse. Gonna say better. What do you think Christian Slater is better than Christian Bale? Uh, Do you know what? I think I think you are right, yeah. Is Lucy Liu better or worse than Christian Slater? Worse. 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 Is Oliver Reed better or worse than Lucy Liu? Better. 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 Is Oliver Stone better or worse than Oliver Ooh. Reed? Worse. Worse. Is Sharon Stone better or worse than Oliver Stone? Better. 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 <laughs> Is Emma Stone better or worse than Sharon Stone? Worse. Better. I'm going to say better. Oh. Is Emma oh, Watson no, actually, yeah, better or worse than Emma Stone? Worse. 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 Yeah. It's a good score. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Is that good? Oh well, oh, you've scored good. seven. No one's had a ten yet, but you've oh, scored seven, which isn't bad. as good as Tom Crowley reads James uh, Marshall Julius with nine, Paul Gannon, Nick Tassemlian, and Naomi McDonald with eight. But it is as good as Kevin Allison, Joe DeCosta, Lloyd Griffith, Max Halley, Harriet Kemsley, Morgan McLean, the Last Skeptic, David Trent, and Toby Williams with seven. You're equal to them, and you're better than Bonte Barbe, Will Jackson, and Ginger Johnson with six. Miles better. Good. I can feel. I can leave feeling. Sam Ashurst. Oh, you've done happy. with <laughs> zero. You've done. You've done very Someone well. Someone actually got zero. Uh, I, th- I, I can't we remember can't the exact figure. <laughs> there was something like that. It was, a like that. It was about a zero. Um, well, that's wonderful. We've come to the end of chatting to you. Thank you for bringing in cakes. It's flown by. Um, Thank you. That was absolutely Your TV delicious. series uh, is uh, beautiful baking with Juliet here every Sunday at nine thirty a.m. on ITV, and obviously you can watch it on Catch Up and. Uh, and you've got four books out yeah. and uh, I can just say that your fucking cakes were absolutely oh delicious. yeah if they're Aww. anything like this you've got to get some cakes oh, even though you're you. not making them for people but people can watch it and then make their then own then make their own cakes yes. good and that, that uh, boiling water tip is really good uh, thanks for coming in thanks for having me uh, yeah it's lovely <laughs> to meet you and uh, we've come to the end so no, I don't really know how to end the show that went fast I'm just it did go the whole show went really fast that's um, good you've so, absolutely nailed it <laughs> uh, we're going to right that's it I don't think we're here next week because I'm coming back from Dublin but we'll be here the week after that and then forever no forever you ever heard this before you've been listening to a FUBAR radio podcast for more information go to FUBARradio.com <laughs>